short-haired weirdos, short-haired weirdos, vandals, hooligans. The government hug the government love. The government hug the government love. Welcome to the Politics Guys, a place for bipartisan, rational, and civil debate on American politics and policy. I'm Michael Baranowski, a professor of political science at Northern Kentucky University. I am joined today by two conservative co-hosts, both Defender of Freedom, Jay Carson, and uh, uh, Trey, I don't really have a moniker for you. You don't, you're really the moniker (laughs) giver, but, uh, you know, but also... Bastion of ration. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll work on it, but, but but anyway, we are we also have a number of uh, supporters with us today for this listener supporter segment that we've been wanting to. As some folks might recall, that last week May and I, well, May actually recommended an article from the New York Times uh, uh, from opinion columnist David Brooks called "What If We're the Bad Guys Here," and I'd seen it myself. And I thought, well, yeah, this is well worth checking out, and so I included a link to it in the show notes, but. In that conversation, we weren't focused specifically on that article, and it's gotten a lot of attention, both from the left and the right, since he put it out. And so we thought it would be a good subject for a a, a segment just focused on it and to have listeners, supporters to jump in. And uh, for those of you who are listening to this who aren't supporters, this is something we do. We try to do it like once a month, ideally more for supporters, uh, Patreon supporters at the $10 a month or higher level. One of the the perks kind of get more involved in the show sort of thing. And if you want to check that out, it's, uh, I should know politicsguys.com slash support or patreon.com slash politics. As you think I said this a million times, but still I sometimes forget it. Anyway, with no further ado, um, going into the piece, David Brooks, who I characterize as sort of a center, right, old school establishment, elite Republican, if you will. He asks his mostly left of center readers from the New York times to put aside their view that Donald Trump is so enduringly popular because nearly half the country must consist of uh, fearful, reactionary, authoritarian, loving bigots, and to consider the possibility that we, meaning the mostly highly educated, economically secure, uh, culturally ascendant elites who read the, the New right, York Times. The right sort of people. Yeah, the right like. sort of people, you know, people like me might be complicit in creating the sort of economic and social structures that made Trump or someone like Donald Trump essentially inevitable. And, and of course, the response to this on the right was, hell yes. Uh, (laughs) Many on the left, though, I think, took issue with much of Brooks's argument. And all of us here have had the time to carefully consider what David Brooks wrote, as well as what people have been saying about it. And so we thought would make for a worthwhile discussion. We'll, we'll find out certainly, but you know, I, I've said a lot about this to kind of intro us. So Trey, why don't we start with you? I, I know you've had a chance to read it. you you may not be a time subscriber, but I made sure you got, a, you got a copy of the article cause you don't want to support the enemy, but uh, well, we'll start journal guy, maybe. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but what was your take on it? Well, you know, it's funny. As a matter of fact, I, I've been, I've been waiting to do this uh, all week. Um, I actually printed this one out. Uh, it is in my never before nicotine stained fingers right now as we speak. Uh, uh, I just figured, you know, since I'm going to be the, the conservative voice today, I should. No, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I liked it in a lot of ways. I was frustrated by it in a few particular ways. I think one of the things that he missed that I guess that was frustrating for me was, <sighs> well, you know, 
part of it is like, hey, I'm an elite. Everybody else is everybody else is reading this as an elite, which is kind of fascinating. And then and it's nomenclature in and of itself. Um, but he doesn't include anything about like, for example, religious identity. And I think that actually plays into this conversation here in a way that he just overlooks. And I think that's one of the problems we have with individuals who are trying to understand the popularity of Trump. Um, you know, I, I know for me, obviously, I'm not in the Trump camp, uh, but I, I think one of the major problems is, is that you've got a lot of individuals who, for I think, in the, again, I'm not saying this is the empirical reality of it, but I think that the, the perception is we put up with a lot of crap for a long time and now we finally have somebody who's going to be mean back to you and nobody can take it. And I think that fits his argument in a way, but it, I think it minimizes some of the additional deeper social issues that aren't just economic in the way that he lays them out. Well, what about, well, I, I guess when I, when I hear that, I think you're right that there's certainly a religious component that he doesn't get into, but it seems to me it's so in so many ways entangled with the social things. You know, I, I, I'm thinking about particularly, and this has been a big issue. We've talked about it on the show. I talked about it I think, last week with May, and it's been a huge issue lately in our Discord about the issue of of trans rights and gender gender affirming care and that sort of thing. And, and there's a there's a view, and I think not wrongly so, and in some sectors on the right that there are or on the left, sorry, that there are a not a significant portion of people, oftentimes evangelicals on the right who believe that being transgender or having some kind of different sexual identity is a mental illness and is a deviancy and so forth. And so when when I read Brooks's argument, I mean, I, I think that there are a certain segment of the Trump, a non-trivial segment of Trump supporters and Republican supporters who are, in fact, anti-trans who are in fact bigoted and homophobes and so forth and you can't just whitewash that away and so i have a certain sympathy for that i don't know jay what do you yeah. think? or trey yeah i'm yeah, sorry go for no. it you start jay go ahead so i i will weigh in uh, and coming from where i i often come from right a uh, burkean standpoint and mike something that i've argued for years and years and years um some of the, the most important that that class is a tremendous part of our politics, uh, but it is also a taboo to talk about class uh, uh, in our in our political system because we have this vision that we are sort of a, a classless society. I mean, we don't have the the as visible uh, or or as as um, uh, I want to say permanent, uh, uh, but. Uh, um, the, the the bright lines, I guess, uh, for example, that that they do in a lot of Europe, um, but I think I think we're getting closer to that. Um, but uh, I've also often pointed to the, a book by William Fussell on class from like the early 1970s, and it's kind of funny, tongue in cheek, uh, and also Joseph Epstein's uh, snobbery, which came out uh, probably about five years ago or so ago. Um, and they both sort of make the, the the point that in a so-called classless society, right, where it's it's not a uh, you are upper class, you are working class. What we rely on is this more soft uh, bigotry, soft uh, uh, class markers um, in order to distinguish us from those who are not as good as us. And I, I, I you know, <laughs> the sense of, first of all, um, 
in one sense, David Brooks is is maybe a little insufferable um, in that the the you know well it's you know it's it's really our our fault us uh, uh, elites and so forth and um you know the whole uh, I'm I'm talking to you the right people the elites I mean that that um, puts me off a little bit but that's that's more a stylistic thing than it is Agreed. Uh, on the merits um um but it, it, it does kind of come in with these like. Listen, we all I I know that you know and you know that um that we're really the the best people and uh, these other people are not so good. But what if we saw it from their perspective at some point? And again, there's sort of an inherent um uh, classism in, in that. But, but I think um, that's unfair. I, I think it's unfair because I mean, what do you what do you expect him to say? Let's uh, I, I'm going to assume that I'm wrong about everything. I mean, of course, just like conservatives think that. They're going to start no, no, from I the think, assumption the, that they're. The, go ahead. It's the it's the we. It's the use of the the royal we uh, throughout the article. I think that sort of. Um, he's just writing for his again, audience, put, right? Yeah. I mean, why why would you? Well, I mean, I guess I guess I'm. It seems like you're. I, I don't know. It seems to me that of course he's he's writing for the readers who are likely to read him, and if he's yeah. addressing those readers, why wouldn't he say? We, if you are reading this, you are probably somebody who thinks this, and I get why you think this. But I mean, yeah. and so I, I, I'm just saying it's a little, it's a little part. It's, it's that's part of the problem, right? Can I help you there? Just a second, Jay. I think what you're getting at, and I think you guys aren't quite disagreeing, is what you're saying, Jay. And I think I was feeling this too. Was I don't think that everybody who reads the New York Times is part of the elite. But the use of his editorial we makes it sound like if you read David Brooks, then, of course, you're part of that elite. Right. Yes. Like, in other words, yes. so if you look at the whole readership in The New York Times, surely there are people who don't fall into the elite category. And yet it feels like he's having this aside conversation. And if you're reading him, of course, you're the elite. To me, I got I got sort of the, you know, the whole title, the what if we're the bad guys. Um, there's sort of the underlying presumption of, well, of course, we're not. Well, and but, we but, know who we are, but so, but, but setting that aside, right? Because again, that's more stylistic than than uh, on the merits. I guess I feel like you guys I are being kind of snowflakes here. I mean, I mean, I, you're like I you're mean, looking for reasons asked, to look, be you offended. Asked, you asked me what I thought. No, yeah, I, yeah, no. I, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, I think is, I'm not. No, I'm not being snowflakey in terms of. Uh, my gosh, I'm offended. I'm. This is horrible. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, from a, a writing standpoint, I think it it comes off as kind of kind of conceited. Which, which you know, that's that's his thing, but that's that's sort of the whole. Um, he's he's almost missing the forest for the trees. That uh, uh, anyone of the great unwashed uh, who would read this would read it with the same eyes and would say, "Geez, look at this con conceited idiot!" Right? I mean, it's sort of he's sort of becoming part of the problem, right? Rather than see, I, I think I so I, I guess I'm I guess I'm wondering what could someone of the left do that you would not see as being part of the problem. I mean, it seems to me if you are trying to convince, if you are trying to not just preach to the choir, the elements of any sort of reasonable attempt to try to get somebody to see the other side of you is not to say, hey, let's just assume we're, we're freaking horrible, awful people, but it's say, hey, you know what? I, I understand you. I agree with you, but let's just take a minute. I mean, he's trying to kind of, it seems if he's being, honest about this he's trying to sort of take an audience that is overwhelmingly i know i understand yeah i understand he's writing he's writing for that that audience yeah exactly and I, and not not every audience is yeah you know you you don't 
when you're writing, you're not writing for every audience uh, all the time. I'm, I'm, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not so much arguing that um, that's that's a big a big uh, issue. I'm, I'm sort of saying uh, this article is exactly the sort of thing that that non elitists point at when they say, "Look at the elitism." Um, but um, uh, it, it's it's uh, it's sort of like, well, oh, we really we really should have invited that guy to Buffy's party last week. Um, uh, it acknowledges on on a couple of levels that you know, one, you were invited to the party. Two, you've got the power to invite them or not. Uh, and she and and it shows you perhaps have a little regret. But going to the look, look, look the actual meat of the thing. Um, he's right on a lot of levels, uh, and I think you you've got folks. And again, he uses words like the the less educated, if if you know who I mean. Um, uh, uh, you know that sort of thing, but. Um, that they haven't done as well. Well, and that's, it, there's a fair case to be made that that's always been the case, right? That uh, people in uh, societies who have more education tend to do better and vice versa. People who tend to do better tend to get more education. Um, so well, I, I, I'd be I, careful. I, I think one of the things he's arguing here, and I actually deeply agree with is I think there has been a shift. If you take a look in the United States over what it means to have uh, you know, an education, right? The number of institutions that we kind of now idealize as being the perfect location has shrunk at the same time as the demand for them has increased as we've seen population increases. I don't think we oftentimes think about how how much larger we are, population speaking, than when you look, look at things at historically. And so as those locations have shrunk, you know, it wouldn't have been that long ago uh, that somebody just going to and getting uh, a private liberal arts education would have, you know, you would have broadly thought of them as being, you know, educated. But, but, but I think the problem here becomes is that inside of that, we have then now kind of sealed off, you know, well, are you really educated unless you've been to the following? Well, exactly. No, and, there's that. and that's, I think his point is dead, is dead on about that. Right. And that's that's sort of the point I was getting to with uh, the uh, Fussell and uh, uh, Epstein part. Uh, there's always another velvet rope uh, and there always needs to be another velvet rope. Right. Because as you if you live, I was in almost what, with you. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and what what uh, if you live in the so-called class of society or believe in um, uh, 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 yeah, the people can rise above what whatever their station was. Uh, and if you live in an economically. Um, uh, vibrant uh economically uh what's the word i'm looking for um oh gosh dynamic uh society you're going to have people people rising up uh the nouveau rich and uh what's what's the old guard to do about them um well you 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 put up other velvet ropes and and you say um well obviously you can't be in the club unless uh, you believe x y and z or we're better than this person because uh, uh, we believe in this and, and they're, uh, these Neanderthal, um, uh, religious knuckle draggers. And, and it all sounds very, you know, seventh grade. And I think it is, but I, I think it's part of human experience that, that that's, that's what happens, right? Um, we seek to differentiate ourselves from, from others. And when you reach a point where, um, economics are not as big a differentiation as they they perhaps used to be then you start getting into other other things and and it, it becomes the, the virtue signaling right well, that, I, that I, 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 I like think and i talked about this earlier right like the magazine that 
you can order and you can get it select bookstores and comes in the transparent uh, uh, packaging so that everyone knows you're ordering great magazines. We hope you enjoyed this preview of our supporters exclusive midweek show. If you'd like to hear the rest of the episode, we hope you'll consider becoming a supporter. Supporters get ad-free access to all of our shows, membership in our Politics Guys Discord group where you can join in on the conversation, and other benefits at different levels of support. To become a supporter, go to patreon.com slash politicsguys. You can also support us through Venmo or at politicsguys or through PayPal. You'll find all of our support links in the show notes as well as at politicsguys.com slash support. And if you'd like to get the midweek show, but you're not in a position to become a financial supporter, that's not a problem. Just send me an email at mike at politicsguys.com, and I'll be happy to get that set up for you.